0: You know, what the kids were depicting there is something that I think all of us would enjoy having happen to us in real life, wouldn't we? I mean, to be walking down a beach and find a bottle washed up with a map inside, and and to pull the map out and figure out the clues and and find your way to treasure. Uh, That sounds pretty exciting. Sometimes people find treasure when they're not even looking for it. I was reading recently the story of uh, Peter Watling, and Peter was a farmer who'd farmed his land for many years, and one day while he was out working, he lost a hammer in his field. And uh, it it wasn't that the hammer was worth all that much, but he was concerned that the next time he was working his field with his equipment, that that hammer might get picked up and cause some real damage. So he contacted a friend of his who had a metal detector, and he said, could you come over and help me search my field and see if we can find the hammer? Well, they searched, and pretty soon the metal detectors started pinging pretty strongly. But they didn't find the hammer. They started digging down, and what they found was a little wood chest. And inside the chest, there were gold coins and silver jewelry and, and other artifacts. And it turns out this stuff dated back to the 4th and 5th century. And as they started searching through his field, they found that there were Roman artifacts all over in that field. And and suddenly, losing that hammer was probably the best thing that Peter had ever had happen to him. (laughs) Uh, Years ago, when our kids were young, one Christmas, we gave them a trampoline for Christmas. Now, a trampoline is kind of a hard thing to give at Christmas because how do you hide the thing? It's sort of big. And uh, so what I did was I waited till late in the evening, and we had some reason to keep the kids in the house, and then I, I had a friend, actually Ross, I think you're the one, that came and helped me put the trampoline together. And uh, you know, I, as I recall, I think we finished the last part of the trampoline pretty much in the dark. But uh, in the morning, we had the trampoline ready for the kids. Well, we decided the way we wanted to give it to them was we let them open up all their other presents. And then their, their last present was just an envelope. And that started them on a treasure hunt and they had to go from place to place and find the clues and figure them out, and eventually, they ended up coming to the back door, opening the curtain, and there was the trampoline. Uh, For us, we thought a trampoline was a good investment because we had a pretty small yard, but we had a lot of vertical space, so they could go (laughs) as high as they wanted. (laughs) We all like a treasure hunt, And, and we love it when we come across a great treasure. Christmas really is the story of a very long treasure hunt, and a great treasure being found. The Old Testament prophets, if you read through the Old Testament, you'll see that they keep talking about a a mysterious figure called the Messiah. Someone who would come one day and bring deliverance. One who would restore them and bring hope. And, And they dropped a lot of clues about how that Messiah would be recognized when he came. There are at least 40 prophecies of the Messiah throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus is the only character in history who has ever fulfilled all of those prophecies. Now, I read a mathematician who had done a little bit of figuring statistically. And he said that statistically, if Jesus had fulfilled just eight of those prophecies, and we're talking prophecies like that he'd be born of a virgin, that he would be birthed in Bethlehem, that he would be of the lineage, lineage of the tribe of Judah, that he would bring healing to the brokenhearted, and yet he himself would be rejected and betrayed, that in his death, his hands and his feet would be pierced, and yet he would be raised again to life. All of those things are in the Old Testament. And, and this mathematician said that for just 8 of those prophecies to have been fulfilled by one person, the likelihood of that happening by chance would be the same as if you took the state of Texas and you covered it two feet deep in silver dollars and then you marked one silver dollar and you buried it somewhere in the state of Texas and then you took a blindfolded individual and you gave them one chance to walk out, reach their hand in somewhere in the state of Texas and pick up that one marked silver dollar, he said, those are the statistics that just eight of those prophecies could have been fulfilled by Jesus. But it wasn't just Israel that was waiting for the Messiah. Other people were waiting as well. We have this from Matthew chapter two. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. The wise men. That's always part of the Christmas story that we talk about. Now, I'll give you a little bit of Christmas trivia here. Um, I have a large nativity in my front yard, and uh, like every other nativity you've seen, I've got wise men there at at the nativity, right, in Bethlehem. It's actually not historically accurate. If you read Matthew's gospel, you'll find that the wise men actually didn't come to Bethlehem. They, They came to Nazareth, and they came about two years later. So it is true that they came, but just not quite the way that we have sort of condensed the story together. Um, But whatever it was that these students of the stars had seen, they weren't of the nation of Israel. And whatever they had seen was a clue that alerted them that there was a great treasure, there was a great king that they needed to find. And once they found him, It says they paid him homage. They gave him worship. You know, the crazy thing about treasures is that they often go unclaimed because nobody ever takes the time to look for them. Uh, Peter Watling had farmed for years until the day he lost his hammer and never realized that right underneath his feet was this incredible treasure. He had just never dug down to find out what was really there. You know, Christmas has a lot of fun stuff right on the surface. I love Christmas. I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas trees. I love Christmas presents. I love Christmas music. I especially love Christmas cookies, and I have eaten a lot of them this Christmas, and plan to eat quite a few more. But that's not the most important part of Christmas. That's the stuff right on the surface. And sometimes we stop on the surface and we don't dig down to say, well, what is the most important part of Christmas? What is the treasure that Christmas is really all about? Now, a lot of us are here tonight. We've come together for a Christmas Eve service because we have discovered that treasure. At some point in our life, We came to understand what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and it changed the the trajectory of our heart, of our life. And so we come to Christmas, and we enjoy all of the fun, surface stuff that goes on, but we also come to worship and to thank God for what he has done for us through his son, Jesus. But maybe that's not the reason you're here. Maybe you come to service like this more out of a sense of tradition. Or maybe it's because you just like the music. Or maybe it's obligation because it's family. And we all know how family can be sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, But whatever your reason is for being here, if, if for you that deeper meaning of Christmas has never become something personal for you, Could I just challenge you to consider digging a little deeper, to find out who Jesus really is, to find out that he is more than just a religious tradition, more than just a good teacher or a good moral example. He is someone great enough that magi came to worship. He is someone powerful enough that he changes people's lives. And it's worth digging in. There are a lot of us here. Some of us came to faith easily. Some of us have come hard. We've had to ask a lot of hard questions. We didn't just jump into faith with our eyes closed. We've looked closely at who Jesus is. And not only have we found him to be a compelling person, but we found that he changes our lives. If you've been watching sports, uh, you may have seen some intriguing ads in the last few weeks, and you're going to see more of them, I think. Maybe you're going to be watching football on New Year's Day, and uh, you're going to see some ads, I think, that talk about Jesus. And they all have this tagline. The tagline is, He Gets Us. And they show people in all kinds of different life situations like you and I have, and, and then they show how Jesus had life situations like that. He gets us. He understands us. See, the message of Christmas is that God, in the person of his son, Jesus, didn't stay far away, just demanding that we go find him or that we somehow try to work our way to come up to his level or meet his approval, but that God came to us. And he chose to experience the world the way we experience the world. Happy times, but disappointing times, too. Heartbreaking times. Times when others reject or don't understand. Times when others were abusive. He gets us. But Jesus didn't just come to sympathize with us. He came to rescue us. That's the message of the Messiah, that the Messiah came to rescue and to restore You've seen it, John 3, 16, it's in every end zone at a broadcast game, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came to give us a relationship that can heal, that can restore, that can guide us, that can give us an unstoppable hope for the future. It's no wonder that angels sang at his birth. So I trust that this Christmas will be a joyous one for you, that it will be filled with all the things that you love about Christmas. And I trust too, that you will find and dig in towards the deepest treasure of it all, to know the one who was born in Bethlehem The one who was crucified at Gethsemane, the one who was raised from the Garden of Calvary, the one who was raised from the Garden of Gethsemane, and the one who's alive today to give us life, to give us forgiveness, to give us hope. The prophet Isaiah said this long, long ago. One of those prophets that talked about the Messiah, he said this, To us a child is born, to us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Merry Christmas.